0: Log Talk Radio. Challenging, thought provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with the collision of faith in politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer. Founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country. With a pedal to the metal. With today's edition of The Collision of Faith and Politics. So, buckle up. Here is your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence killed the church. How mediocrity is destroying America. Dr. Shaw, the Ninja Pastor, with today's show.
1: Thank you, Mr. Barker. I appreciate that great intro. As always, uh, he is, man, you can't listen to one day... Of radio uh, in uh, one day of uh, even television commercials in the United States, and not hear Mister Barker's voice. And it might not sound just like that, because he does so many different voices and sounds. But uh, he did that for me, and I sure appreciate. It. I'm honored to have you on here. He is uh, he's awesome. J D. Barker is his name. If you ever need somebody to do voiceover work for you, he is the man. He's super easy to work with, uh, extraordinarily reasonable, and he's conservative, and which I like. So welcome, anyway, to the Collision of Faith and Politics. I sure appreciate you dropping in. This is the fastest hour in radio. Uh, today's going to be 90 minutes, by the way, unless I fall out. That's a, that's a, a Southern Delaware thing. Uh, whew, huh, it's so hot, I'm about to fall out. In other words, pass out, faint, whatever, but fall out. That's what we call that. Anyway, and that's it. You get slain in the spirit, then you fall out. Oh, he was slain in the spirit. He fell out. He fell out in this spirit. So anyway, I'm just I'm, I'm just trying to educate here. There's no extra charge for all this. This is just free. Free. I'm giving. This is me given to you. But anyway, uh, you should know that the, uh, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. I already see people in chat. Welcome to that. Somebody said to me uh, the other day, uh, one of the other, well, you know, I can't remember what, which show I was doing, but um, they said, you know, hey, uh, there, there's like only nine people. And chat is that all that listen to your show? No. No, 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 no. Many more than that listen to the show. It's just not everybody opts to join in with the chat. You can go on chat and you can uh you can ask questions, you can make comments, things like that. We also we can take calls. Um it's uh 646. Well the number's right up there if you're on the website. Uh, six, four, six, five, nine, five, four, six, four, one. I believe that's the number. Hopefully I haven't given out the wrong number. Uh, but, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I sure appreciate you joining us. And, um, I'm not absolutely positive. I'm going to get to calls, but I might. And if I do, you know, I'll be glad to have you. Uh, there is so, so much. Um, it's, uh, there's, there's so much I got to do with you today. Here comes my mascot, my buddy uh Buckeye, for the Ohio State Buckeye, she right, she's right here protecting me. She's got my back here, so she'll, she'll be with me. She'll be doing my engineering work on the show today. If anyone tries to attack me, ISIS comes to attack me, you'll hear her bark and get after it. She's a sweet, sweet doggy. She's a, she's awesome. Best dog I've ever had. So she's right here in the studio with me today. And welcome to all the warfighters and sheepdogs, uniformed and clandestine service, standing on the line for us. Now I want to say something really, really, really quick most people don't understand uh what clandestine service is uh you know you got to understand that there are people out there in uniform there's people out of uniform uh but there are people that are covert undercover and they uh they they're fighting for us and they're in the most dangerous of situations well behind enemy lines uh trying to assimilate all these different things uh they they are just they're doing some amazing things. You just need to understand that. You'll never know it. They might be your neighbor. You're never going to know it. Uh, even family members don't often know uh, what their family member has done. What do you do? Oh, I just do this. Well, I just do that. There's always a cover story. And even some, most of the times, even your, even spouses don't know what their spouse does. So you just need to know that they are uniformed warfighters and sheepdogs. And then there are also the clandestine service. Hey, I want to say hello to the United States Marines from Tidewater area uh you serving there uh they're they're out and serving one in particular is on his way back I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh in a minute hello to the United States Army Rangers and Ranger instructors uh listen we're we're proud of you we're proud of what you do uh we're we're proud of your service for sure and um, we want you to know that you're making a difference and thank you for your service to us I said this during my first show, and I've gotten approximately 20 messages, 21 now, that I cannot share with you from the United States Navy SEALs listening. Uh, some of them are working out. Some of them are just doing nothing but standing around posing, taking pictures, and listen, if you're going to send me pictures, how about putting some clothes on, fellas? Fellas, put some clothes on. And what kind of show you think I'm running here. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I did get the one picture um i don't believe that and i won't say his name or his call sign but that he's actually lifting all of that weight i just think he's laying underneath the bar and all those and somebody helps him put those on there you can tell him i said that if he's not listening right now you people at home you don't get it but trust me i do and i'm just gonna say i'm glad that i'm halfway around the world because i have a little bit of insulation a little bit of time anyway love you guys thank you for doing what you do thank you for listening Thank you for serving. Uh, Listen, while I'm at this microphone, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to forget, and I won't let the country forget. I'll keep talking about our soldiers and our troops in harm's way. And you know what else? I'll keep talking about uh, the people who maybe they're not in combat roles. They're they're service people, and they're not in combat roles. But you know what? You have a very important role to, to perform. And without you doing those roles, listen, we're in deep trouble. Warfighters can't go fight in the war. They can't go to combat if they don't have the support behind them. And you're to be honored for that. And always to be ready, just in case you get called into combat. Always stay ready, and that's awesome. Listen, America, Gold Star families, you have no idea. You have no idea when you're in the grocery store, you're at the movies, you're at church. You don't know. But somewhere around you, you're going to bump into somebody today who is a gold star family, a gold star dad, a gold star mom, a gold star sister or brother. And they've lost somebody. That gold star means they lost somebody, killed in action on our behalf. Listen, it's the fraternity. Nobody wants to join. But I want you to know I treasure you and I stand with you. America, there's people in your town. You need to know who they are. You need to pray for them. You need to look for opportunities to serve them and serve with them. It's our job. See, the government is feckless. Our government is feckless. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. You you know you don't matter to this administration. If you're military or military family, you don't matter to them. They can talk a good game, but the reality is otherwise. They don't care about you. You see, they want to cut our militaries. They want to cut our military's benefits to save some money. But you know what they never mentioned cutting? All the handouts, all the freebies, all the stuff that gets handed out to people who aren't even citizens of our country. Now that's a feckless government if I ever saw it. Listen, these Gold Star families are heroes. And heroes raise heroes. And real heroes went off to war. And many of them... Almost 7,500 of them in, in this uh, Iraq and Afghanistan war have lost their lives fighting for us. And their families took tragedy. There's three three groups of families, you know, and, and I get asked this every week. I, I got thousands of messages last week. And I'm sorry if I didn't get to all of them. You'll understand why I didn't get to all of them here in just a minute. But normally I really try to respond at least as best I can. Uh, but you'll understand here in a minute why this week was a little bit different. But they're, there, you know, they ask me, you know, well, what about this group and what about that group and what about blah blah blah. Listen, I chose these groups number one because I'm friends with these people. They're like brothers and sisters to me. I love them, and I will fight for them. I'll fight for them. I I won't give up on them. I'll never stop championing their cause. It's because I know them. I know what they do with the money. I know what they do. I know how great stewards they are with every penny that comes through. And I know the good that they do. You say, who are they? They're the Michael Strange Foundation, America's Mighty Warriors, and Operation 300. Those are the three that I personally am involved with. It doesn't mean I won't come and speak at a, a group. I got asked one time if I would be willing to come speak at this other um, veterans and 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 gold star group and and all that. I'm happy to do that. I'll I'll go anywhere at any time to speak on behalf of veterans. I am a veteran and uh, veterans and gold star families. I will go anywhere if I can get there. I'll do it. But I want to thank Charlie and Marianne Strange. The Hill groups, Sean and Angie, you guys are all great patriots. You put the U in USA for all the yeoman's work that you do. Thank you to Debbie Lee and Karen and Billy Vaughn, you guys taking up the fight for our soldiers and families. Your, your, your sons, Your sons are not heroes because they died. Your sons died being heroes, and they're absolutely amazing. Listen, there's going to be – you say, what can I do? You say – can I really make a difference? Can I is 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 there anything that I can do to make a difference? And I'm going to tell you something. Uh I've got good news for you today. There's lots and lots and lots of things that you can do. Lots and lots and lots of things that you can do. And one of the things you can do is have some fun with them. You say, "Dr. Sean, Ninja Pastor, that don't make any sense. You crazy." Boy, you didn't lost your mind. You didn't lost your mind up here. No, I didn't lose my mind. There's a benefit fundraiser. You know what they call those up here in the northeast in Philadelphia? They call them beef and the beer. Beef and beer. You know why? I'll tell you why. It's a big secret. It's a big secret. You ready? Because there's beef. Lots of red meat. And then there's beer. There's beef and there's beer. And there's a beef and beer April 11th. To, don't worry about writing this down. By the way, don't freak out. And please, if you're driving a car, do not, do not try to write this down. All you got to remember when you get home is God and Country Radio. You do facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Go up there while you're at it, while you're on this. You'll get all this information. There's links there. Cause Sean, active duty. Uh, ooh, some Brats and beer. Now, somebody just sent a message on the chat board talking about Brats and beer. Now you're talking to my heart, girl. You are talking to my heart. Now you got me hungry. Thank you very much, California Living. I am hungry now. I wasn't hungry until you just put that. Brats. Mm, mm, mm. Brats on a grill. Uh, Tell me about it. I bet you there's going to be brats at this beef and beer. I bet you there will be. It's April 11th. 2015, 8 p.m. to midnight. Where is it? It's at St. Dominic's Church, 8510, Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 19136. That's where it is. It's a famous church. You can't miss it. You go to Frankfurt Avenue, you go down Frankfurt Avenue, it's famous. St. Dominic's is a famous place. There's going to be all kinds of entertainment and all that stuff. Uh, There's going to be Joe Conklin, the man with a thousand voices. He is amazing. There's going to be Eminem uh, DJ, uh there's going to be chinese auction 50 50 t-shirt sales all that stuff there's going to be a signed philadelphia flyers jersey that's a big deal and there's going to be uh guest speakers from the united states navy seals it's only thirty dollars a person folks thirty bucks a person and it's going to be a fun fun night listen what do they do why do they do it they this foundation the michael strange foundation michael strange uh was a uh what is considered to be widely considered to be the best cryptologist in the Navy and he was traveling with Deb grew and our seal team six as some people say but it's actually it's actually Deb grew and they were shot down in extortion 17 and you can hear you can read about extortion 17 in Karen or in uh, Billy Vaughn um, of operation Three Hundred and Four. and for our son Billy Vaughn wrote a great book really good book uh, fully footnoted phenomenal job first book the man ever wrote phenomenal book and it tells the true story of the betrayal of extortion 17 that was the call sign they were shot down in afghanistan you've got to get this book get my book excellence killed the church how mediocrity is destroying america at the same time when you're on amazon get that book betrayed you'll save on shipping i'm just trying to save you some money but there's 289 fallen soldiers in pennsylvania alone 7400 nationwide and they have parents they have sisters They have thank you, by the way. I just saw a message up here on chat. Uh, The simple way I thank vets when I see them is to shake their hand and say thank you for your service. It does put a smile on their face. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, I'm really kind of, this is going to shock you, but I'm kind of shy. And uh, so, uh, you know, when they say, well, if I'm in a church service or something uh, or somewhere, and they say, will all veterans please rise? Uh, I always stand. I stand proudly because I'm proud to have served, but, you know, it, uh, any veteran will tell you it's not about pats on the back, but uh, it's an honor to serve great citizens like you. But listen, if you want tickets to this this thing, it's um, it – go to the Facebook page, by the way. Don't freak out. Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. <coughs> It'll be right there. Uh, all that information will be linked, the whole deal. 30 bucks a person. Listen, that's cheap. Brat's. Beef and beer. Now I'm going to force them to have brats now. This this pressure is on. But Charlie Strange, 215 983 4470. Don't freak. It's on there. Number's there. Mary Strange, 215 779 5495. Great people. You'd never meet two nicer people in your life. They're really sweet. Hey, listen, there's going to be a Flyers game March 14th. That's coming up, folks. That's right around the corner. That's right around the corner. March 14th. There's a game at 1.30 p.m. They're playing the Detroit or Detroit Red Wings, whichever way you say it. Uh, But the whole event, the whole game, is going to be in tribute to hometown hero Michael Strange. So you want to tell Mick, this is the number you call, 215-218-7528. And that's Nick Marchesiello at the Flyer sales office. You just tell him you're there to honor hometown hero Michael Strange. Anyway. I told you uh, that this week has been a crazy week, and y'all are like family, and so I'm going to share some things with you that you don't... Uh, oh, yeah. Jerry, Jerry from Pennsylvania says, weather today is great for grilling brats. Mm, mm, mm. See, now, Jerry has gotten in collusion with California living, and now I'm really, 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 really hungry. Have you ever had brats? So hot, so hot that you could barely eat them, but you had the onions and the peppers and all that on there, and you still bit it, and all that juice comes squirting out, and it burns, but you're like, mm, "I gotta have me some," you know? Carnivorous, you know? It's it's just it's just fun, it's just plain fun. But uh, I do want to say, uh, on a serious note, you guys are my family and I care about what happens to you, and I know you care about what happens to me. Uh, Most of you know, um, I will just tell you, I'll just tell you that, uh, you know, I was in a horrible car crash. I was almost killed, 92-mile-per-hour versus 51-mile-per-hour crash um, back in uh, 2012, still recovering from that. Um, It really very nearly killed. And uh, one of the things that happened is my blood pressure just really, really went crazy. And so I have this book. I'm on medicines and and all these different things and natural things. Dr. I don't know if I should say his name on the air because he's so busy and he's world-renowned. I I have uh, Dr. Maringel, Jeffrey Maringel, he I'm I'm just honored to have him care for me. And uh most of the time he keeps me going pretty good and uh but for some reason I, I did suffer a brain injury. Yeah. People at home are going, Yeah, no kidding there. Not a surprise to us, eh? Um anyway, uh because of that my blood pressure is, is uh it's called uh it's idiosymptomatic life threatening hypertension means I don't have a valve that shuts off and uh when your blood pressure gets too high. I just don't have that. And so blood pressures uh literally three oh five over two fifty five. Heart attack, stroke. People have heart attacks and strokes that have that. So it rough week. I was on bed rest, uh not supposed to do anything, at all. Couldn't even play with my doggy. And um and but, you know, ultimately, uh just chilling and then all of a sudden uh I get a call from one of my brothers and to tell me, he says, uh, I have bad news, really, really bad news. And I said, what's that? And, uh, you know, you always expect the call. You always expect the call that, uh, you know, my mom, remember last week I, I said happy birthday to my mom. I did a little birthday sa- salute to her. You always expect, you know, when they're 85, you expect to get the call, you know, uh, that they're they've passed. But you never expect to get the call that your next oldest brother, two years older than me, my brother Dean, Dean Russell Greener, uh, had a massive heart attack uh, at, at his home. And uh, by all, all appearances, he uh, died in his sleep this week. So shocking week. We're, we're, uh, we're stunned as a family. You know, never expected that. Uh, he has four incredible kids, some of the greatest kids. I'll tell you, they're, they're incredible. Uh, just amazing, amazing, amazing kids. Brian, uh, Wayne, Bradley. I say Wayne first because B comes before W, but I think Wayne, they're twins, and I think Wayne is like half a minute older than, or like, t- I don't know, seconds older. They're twins, they're identical twins. But, uh, you know, there's there's somebody, so I try to name the oldest one first. But the point um, the point is, is that, great kids and Lauren the youngest uh just, just a great great girl and uh but unfortunately you know they're having to come into town to lay their dad to rest. He's a Navy veteran, a police veteran, uh and um so we're gonna honor him and and, and the last show I did a show uh from four to five and there were I uh, countless messages coming in of condolences and sympathies and I really appreciate it. It's it's super, super touching. And uh my Kehala, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but but um I travel all over the country and speak and preach. I preach in churches, but we have our own little wonderful kehala. That's the Hebrew uh be the Hebrew word for church or you know, gathering of the saints, believers, followers followers of the way. And we have this little Kehala, we meet in Newark, Delaware every Sunday, and we go live on this same network every Sunday at five thirty. So if you go to Garden Country, uh the Garden Country Radio or you're here on Block Talk Radio and you can go and subscribe. All you have to do is subscribe to my thing. You'll get uh you you'll be able to just click on it. It's much easier. We don't keep your In fact, I don't get to see your information. Ah, excuse me. I don't get to see your information, so it it's not a matter of, you know, we don't sell it. Um, I'll just tell you, we we don't sell it because we don't keep it. I don't even know how to access it, and even if I did, I wouldn't sell it. So, but you click on that, you do sign up, uh, or you do the thing on here, and uh, follow me on Twitter, by the way, at the Ninja Pastor. So, uh, really appreciate that. And so, you know, ultimately, uh, rough week, real 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 rough week. It's it's really kind of stunk, really really kind of stunk. Um, and so, that being said. Uh, it is what it is. You know, the Bible says um, it's appointed for man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So we know Dean's in heaven. Uh, we he had no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. Nobody in the family, nobody that knows him, has any doubt about that. His his physical pain is healed. That he's in the presence of perfection. So that is in in a sense awesome. I know he wouldn't trade places with any of us for anything. You know, who who wants to leave heaven to come back to earth? I mean, that's just the bottom line. So all that said is I I want you 52, folks, 52 years old. I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 in September. And, you know, he, you know, he he was my next oldest brother. I'm the youngest of five. And uh, I'll tell you absolutely absolutely amazing it's stunning you never think it would come so hug your family resolve your family issues get over your small stuff you know deal with it deal with it head on and fix stuff don't be petty because you never know minute to minute when that will be the last my sister said something very powerful and she, she had the opportunity he was my brother was calling uh my mom uh And uh, he was on the phone with my mom. And so my sister drives up and my mom says, hey, you want to talk to your brother? Yeah, sure. And talks to him, has a great conversation, laughs, whatever. We always live. We always tease my sister. Now, I don't know if you know this, but um, I'm the youngest of five. There were four boys and one girl. She's the oldest and then four boys. Well, I'm just saying... Do we tease her? I don't think you would call it tease. I would say love, affirmatively. Uh, but she she, uh, she is much loved. We all adore her. But we do take our turns teasing her because it's important to keep her humble because she's awesome. And uh, so she talked to him. And uh, at the end of their call, uh, her call, her, her very fond and sweet memory is he said, I love you, Kathy. And that was it. That's the last thing. That she heard out of my brother's mouth. Now, let me just tell you something. I've been at the verge of death so many times—traumatic death through different things and all kinds of all kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you something. The thing that makes a difference is because uh, one one thing I was really upset about this week. I'm a, I'm a go and see and be with the person kind of guy. That's what I am. You're you're hurt. You're having surgery. You're you know, I want to be there. If at all possible, I want to be there. And one of the things that really bothered me. Uh, one of the dearest friends I've ever had in my life, a man I respect probably more than anybody else on this planet. Um, he he had surgery uh, this past week, and or the week before, and did great. He's doing phenomenal. But I had planned to go visit him, and this blood pressure thing cropped up. And when I say it's deadly, I mean it's emergency room, you know, intensive care. All of, all of these things it's, it's all of, it's all that type of thing so i wasn't allowed to go anywhere wasn't supposed to drive wasn't supposed to do any of these things so i couldn't go see my buddy i was there for his surgery but i wasn't able to go see him it's really making me mad but then all of a sudden this call comes in and i'm reminded you know after my crash uh the people that came to visit me you could talk is cheap you know you'd say well you know whatever you need let us know talk is cheap when you come and you say hey I'm here with you, touching the person on the shoulder, unless their shoulder is the thing that's hurt, and praying with them. You're just praying with them. Uh just saying, Hey, is there anything I can get you? What can I do for you? Hey, could you go to my house and vacuum? You know, could you take my dog for a walk? Could you I shouldn't have said that, my dog just heard that. Now she's like, What? But could you could you do this? Could you do that? All these different things. Those are all real things, folks. Those are all real things. I'm looking out my studio window right now and I'm seeing a beautiful sight to me. I love aviation, military aviation. There are two uh C one hundred thirties, C one hundred thirties flying uh in close formation over where I live. Love that. Love that. Now I do love I'm gonna confess being a navy guy, um I do love naval aviation, nothing against the Air Force or any other aviation, but I do love me some Navy aviation. Love to see that, that's why I keep my window open. You never know when an eagle or something will fly by. They seem to follow me around but um'm but I'm saying to you, you know, reach out, be there. It makes a difference. Talk is cheap, talk is cheap. be there. That's the way you make a real difference. That's the way you do it. You be there. We are one of my listeners just put a beautiful thing. Uh, what I what I have learned is that the flesh has given opportunity to touch and hug each other, whereas the spirit cannot touch and hug. Such is the reason we are flesh in the love of God. And you know what? You can be the hands and feet of God. You can be that. Do it. Love on each other. If you if you're friends, uh, I I have I'm so blessed. I I tell people all the time. That, you know, I'm the luckiest man in the world. And people, when they find out what happened to me and the condition I'm in and all this stuff, they just say, I don't know, buddy. From where you were to where you are now, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know that you're the luckiest guy. I wouldn't exactly call that luck. But I would call it luck because I'm still alive. I survived the unsurvivable crash. I survived many unsurvivable things. And I'm here. And I'll tell you, you'll find, uh, and I've gotten myself in trouble for this. I have, I'll admit it. You know, I'm a re- reverend doctor, so I preach in churches, not just my own, but churches all across the country. And you know, someone will come up, and I'll hug them, and you know, there's that sideways hug that Christians do, good Christian people do. Well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of a, a little bit of a big guy, and uh, sometimes, sometimes I. Uh, you know, I will hug somebody, and I mean, I'll hug them, hug them. I'll put the hug on because I believe in it. It might be the last time you ever get to hug that person. It might be the last hug they ever receive. I care about people, and and I and I want them to know that I care about them and they're valued. So, don't waste a bunch of time with stupid stuff. There's nothing I hate worse than petty, peckyoon, dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. Hey, did you hear about this talking about luck and the will of God? That little infant that was trapped in a sunken car overnight and the baby survived? The mom died, and sadly, the mom died in the front seat, or it was for days apparently, and the baby survived. She was properly restrained and the water uh, the water was coming up, but, but because she was properly restrained, it kept her out of the water and overnight she didn't freeze to death because obviously if she's in the water, it's going to be way worse for her. But she, she survived. She was all bundled up and she lived. Praise God. I hate that her mom died. I just, my goodness. I hate that her mom died, but thank God for a mom. We'll put the baby in the, the car seat properly. And, you know, you know, that child had to be in there the right way to be able to survive that whole time. The baby's healthy and well, and, and everything's okay. Um, it's uh it's it's sad it's sad that's a sad thing hug your people you say well i don't have many i don't have many good friends well i don't have i i have i know thousands of people i've had the opportunity to speak to thousands i love that but there is a key group of people that are so important to me so important to me they're my key circle of people and I try to make sure those people know, man, you matter to me. Because I'll tell you right now, you never know. In a moment's notice, you'll never know. Listen, we're going to go out to commercial really quick. I'm going to tell you about some cool thing, and then we'll be right back. Hang with us.
0: We will be back with Dr. Sean, the ninja pastor. After these short messages,
1: hey, you know, last week I don't know how many of you were were listening. Last week, we that was one of the biggest responses we ever had. Of course, Elizabeth Lettsworth, the Honorable Elizabeth Lettsworth, always, 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 always great response to Elizabeth. She's a dear friend, sweet sister. An awesome, awesome person. Isn't she? She's just amazing. You guys love her. I love her. She's just a... She's just a um, there's somebody else I'm going to have on the show I know you're going to love, too. She has her own radio show. Her name is Andrea Shea King. Dear, dear friend. And let me tell you what. You never saw a fireball like her, man. She'll get after it. She pulls no punches. And when I can get onto her busy schedule get her to come on my show, you're going to have her on there. You're going to love her, too. But last week's show where we talked about Second Call Defense... Uh, The response was unreal. It was absolutely unreal. I just want to tell you, I'm a member. I have the Cadillac protection. Uh, There's entry level, there's criminal and civil, there's full coverage, there's enhanced protection, then there's Cadillac protection. I, of course, went for the Cadillac protection. As many of you know, I am a hardcore Second Amendment. Uh, I exercise my Second Amendment rights all the time, every day, everywhere I go, no matter what I do. And, uh, you know, obviously I carried a gun professionally for many, many years, decades. And and so, you know, you might say, well, I don't do that, so I don't need insurance to protect me. You say, what are the risks? There's no risk. I have homeowner's insurance. Let me tell you something. There's a thousand things you can say or do in the aftermath of an armed self-defense situation. You were right. You did everything right. But it can get you in serious trouble. You can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can bet you'll be sued in this litigious society. You can be fired from your job, even if the incident didn't happen at your work. And I'll tell you what else you can be. You can be bankrupted. So many people, so many people just bankrupted because they defended themselves. Because they defended themselves. They were doing the right thing. They're following the law. They did it by the numbers. And yet they've lost everything. They've gotten fired. They've gotten sued. They've been bankrupted. A lot of people say, yeah, well, I don't carry a gun outside my house. I only have a gun in my nightstand or in the closet. Would my homeowner's insurance policy cover me? The answer is no. Not only does it not cover you. You say, well, I have that umbrella coverage, that big-time umbrella coverage. Wouldn't that cover me? No. The reason why is most... In homeowners policies and umbrella coverages, they they are uh, they specifically exclude coverage for injury you cause intentionally. Let me tell you something: you shoot somebody, that's intentional, that's intentional, and you will be charged with a crime. You say, "Well, why do I need insurance coverage if I have a gun or have a gun in my house or I I, I use a gun, I carry a gun, whatever whatever the case may be." Uh, They have public defenders for that. Listen, you know, public defenders, let me just tell you a quick story about public defenders. Public defenders, uh, usually they're from very liberal universities, very, very liberal law schools, and they're anti-gun. They don't know anything about lethal force. They don't know anything about the Second Amendment. They don't know anything about all those things because they don't ever deal with it. And they're overworked and they're underpaid. And you know what? They don't have the resources that real top-notch attorneys have. Is this who you want to bet your freedom on? No offense to to public defenders, but I'm not betting my my freedom. I'm not betting my life. I'm not betting my financial future and my family on a public defender. You say, what about the castle doctrine? I live in the castle doctrine or a stand-your-ground state. These Listen, they'll help you mount a case for self-defense, but they don't protect you from arrest. They don't protect you from prosecution if the authorities think you did something wrong. Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman, man did nothing wrong. You say, well, he, he disobeyed a lawful order and that 911 person told him to get back in his truck. You know what? First of all, it didn't happen in that sequence. You were tricked. They played that call out of sequence And number two. 911 is not the police. They're not sworn officers. They cannot order you to do anything. You protect your own life. That guy was trying to protect his community. He wasn't a wannabe cop, and he lost everything. If he'd have had second call defense, I'm telling right now, this number, you to write this down. This is also on the Facebook and God and Country page and all that stuff. Secondcalldefense.org, or if you're not an internet kind of person, eight seven I don't even know how you're listening to this show, eight seven seven five oh two three three zero zero. It's eight seven seven. 50, it's a toll-free call, 502-3300. The number you want to give them is 20630. 20630. You want to give them that number. That's going to get you a month free. You tell them, Ninja Pastor, 20630, uh, he told you to call. There's plans from $8.95, $8.95 a month. Basic plans all the way up to the plan that I have, which is thirty five ninety plus $7 a month for your spouse. Seven bucks to protect your spouse. Yeah, you better believe that my spouse carries concealed all the time. She's been trained. You think she hasn't been trained? Most of my friends carry concealed all the time. So I have the Cadillac plan. That provides you with unlimited civil suit defense protection, civil suit damages, 250000 accidental shooting. Let's say you accidentally shoot somebody. You say, well, they wouldn't sue me. Yes, they would. But they're my friends. You just put a round in them. It might have been totally accidental, but you put a round in them. They're suing you. Criminal defense reimbursement, $50,000. Immediate cash for bond. You want to sit in in jail all weekend long? $25,000 up to $250,000 max. Immediate attorney retainer. You know when attorneys work for you? When they get paid. Ten grand. This is my plan. This is one I have. Ten grand retainer. Up to ten grand. You get the best attorney there is. And compensation for you, because you're going to lose money every day you're in court. How long was George Zimmerman in court? He lost everything. Everything, folks. This plan will give you $500 a day. We have a, a legal emergency legal hotline, personal crisis manager, With a nationwide uh, attorney network, local attorney referral within 24 hours. We'll get somebody to help you nationally immediately. Then we'll get somebody that's skilled and screened and we know is excellent there with you. Emergency contact notification. Listen, you're going to be in jail. Who's going to call your spouse? Who's going to be calling your emergency contact? How about expert witness coordination? Expert witnesses make a huge difference. Cadillac plan covers it all. Gun retrieval. Let's say you only have one gun. You're some poor sap that only has one gun. Sorry for you, but uh, you only have one gun. Well, guess what? The gun that you use to protect yourself and you survived a deadly encounter, you no longer have. And you know what else? You may never get that gun back. Even if you are innocent, even if you're found innocent, you might not get your gun back ever. Psychological support. Most of you have never killed another person. Most of you have never shot another person. You don't know how you're going to react. The Cadillac plan, 40 sessions. 40 sessions with professionals. People to be there, SHTF, you know what that stands for, on-site assistance. Somebody to come help you. How about training and education? How would you like to be better at at protecting yourself? How would you like to be better at protecting yourself from... from, uh, you know, ignorant litigation or a simple mistake. How do you like a member newsletter? How do you like self-defense news? How do you like online classes that you can do for free? And on-site training that you can go. That's the deal. That's the deal. So I want you to call 877-502-3300, uh, 20630. That's your number. That's what you want to call. Listen, I want you to be protected. I don't want you to be hung out to dry. And trust me when I tell you, they'll do it.
0: Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Shaw.
1: Well, that's the wrong one. Look at that. See that? See how that happens? See how that happens? I can't be trusted. You can't trust me with a bunch of buttons. There's a bunch of buttons here. I don't have any idea. Back from commercial. We're not even going to play that. You know what I sound like. Anyway, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You all know you you all know that this president says and does things that are radically different radically different from any other president you've ever seen you've never seen a president do and say the things that this guy does you know Texas A&M this was sent to me by my buddy Jerry Texas A&M study You know, Texas A&M, the vaunted university, calls Obama the fifth best president in America. And you know what? It's going to shock you, but I agree. I agree. From a total of 44 United States presidents, Obama is rated as the fifth best. The A&M's Public Relations Office released this statement. After almost six years in office, Americans have rated President Barack Hussein Obama the fifth best president ever. Well, here's the details according to Texas A&M. Number one, no surprise here, uh, tied for first are President Ronald Reagan and Abraham Lincoln. They're tied for first. They are the best. Number one, best presidents ever, Reagan and Lincoln. I don't know that I agree with Lincoln. You know, he gets a lot of leverage because of the whole uh, slavery thing. But uh, to tell you the truth, he wasn't a very good president otherwise. Then, this is going to surprise you. It did surprise me. Twenty-three presidents tied for second 23 presidents tied for second and then almost as surprising 17 other presidents tied for third and then Jimmy Carter he came in fourth that's no surprise there Well, that he was as high as fourth I don't know but guess who came in fifth Barack Obama you do the math that's 44 presidents number 5 is number 44 isn't that something how'd that happen Fifth best president ever. After Reagan and Lincoln tied for first, twenty three presidents tied for second, seventeen presidents tied for third, Jimmy Carter in fourth, all by himself, and Barack Hussein Obama in fifth. How about that? Now, let's just see what our not even remotely esteemed fifth best president Hussein Obama has to say about, you know, Muslims. I'm gonna I'm gonna rapid fire through these. Hang on with me. This is what he said about Islam. This is Barack. Hussein Obama, this is what he said about Islam. You ready? And Muhammad, the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam. The sweetest sound I know is the Muslim call to prayer. We will convey our deep appreciation for the Islamic faith, which has done so much over the centuries to shape the world, including in my own country. President, what is your own country? As a student of history, I also know civilization's debt to Islam. Really? What is that debt? Population control? Islam has a proud tradition of tolerance. Really? Because I don't think so, and I don't think you do either. Islam has always been part of America. No, no, they haven't, except the Barbary pirates are the reason we have a navy. We will encourage more Americans to study in Muslim communities. Really? How about Dearbornistan, where non-Muslims are not allowed? How about that? Somebody just put, uh, commercial was too long. Can't wait for the show topic to start. I just got to tell you this. Here's the thing. Uh, I say this about church all the time. Church is free, but it ain't cheap. So when you have an opportunity to help pay for this because this isn't free, you got to take it. One minute and 12 seconds. That's how long that was. Anyway, these rituals remind us of the principles we hold in common in Islam's role in advancing justice, progress, tolerance, and the dignity of all human beings. Except for the ones they cut the heads off, except for the ones they set on fire, except for the ones that they put in, uh, in the ground up to, their, uh, up to their heads and they throw stones at them. Except for the ones they throw off a of roofs for suspecting that they're gay. Except for the ones that they gang rape, so they won't get into, won't get into paradise. America and Islam are not exclusive and need to be, and need not be in competition. Instead, they overlap and share common principles of justice, and progress, tolerance, and the dignity of all human beings. Hmm, all human beings. I made clear that America is not and never will be at war with Islam. You know what? You can say that to your blue in the face, Hussein Obama. But they are at war with us. Islam is not part of the problem in combating violent extremism. It is an important part of promoting peace. Then perhaps they should speak louder and more often, and more of them. If the tiny little percentage, let's say one to ten percent, that's two and three hundred million people. If we take their numbers, that's two and three hundred million that, uh, that are the fringe, the wild, violent ones, because there's so many of them in the world. So I have known Islam in three continents before coming to the region where it was first revealed. That's great that you're so up on their history. In ancient times and in our times, Muslim communities have been at the forefront of innovation and education. Really? I've done little internet searches on the internets. I've searched around. I've read lots and lots of books. Thousands of books. Literally thousands of books. I'm an internationally known expert on Islam, and I can tell you, that is a lie. You know, they don't even want their women to be educated. The Taliban doesn't even want... You say, well, that's not the shame. as Taliban, that's a different word than Islam. Guess what they are? They're Muslims. In Saudi Arabia, you can't drive a car if you're a woman. You can't be by yourself if you're a woman. You can't be in a vehicle or somewhere alone with a man that's not your direct, immediate relative. Really, they care about education and innovation. Throughout history, Islam has is demonstrated through words and deeds the possibilities of religious tolerance and racial equality. Fat lie. Ramadan is a celebration of faith known of a faith known for great diversity and racial equality. Really, you know better, America. You know better. So you let this guy say these things. Guess what? He's the president of the United States. We hired a liar. The Holy Quran, this he goes on to say, the Holy Quran tells us, O mankind, we have created you male and a female, and we have made you into nations and tribes so that you may know one another. By the way, if you know how this works with Islam, the fact that it's, we have created you male and a female, that means you are subhuman if you're a female. Now, we created you male, but a female indicates that you're just another among the many. I look forward to hosting an Iftar dinner. This is your president. I look forward to hosting an Iftar dinner celebrating Ramadan here at the White House later this week and wish you a blessed month. Let me tell you what. You can't host an Iftar, Iftar dinner, a Muslim dinner, for Muslims if you, not, if you are not yourself a Muslim and only a man can host it here at the White House. There at the White House, the house you pay for. We've seen those results in generations of Muslim immigrants, farmers and factory workers, helping to lay the railroads and build our cities, the Muslim innovators who helped build some of our highest skyscrapers and who helped unlock the secrets of our universe. Really? Do an Internet search, because you know what? I saw 19 hijackers take down skyscrapers. That's what I saw them do. Unlock secrets of the universe, such as you know, women, you rape a woman uh, before you kill her so that she can't get into paradise. Is that a secret of the universe? That experience guides my conviction that partnership between America and Islam may must be based on what Islam is and not what it isn't. And I consider it part of my responsibility as President of the United States to fight against negative stereotypes of Islam wherever they appear. Let me tell you what your job is, pal. Your job is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States as it is. Not as you wish it would be, but as it is. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Your job is to ensure the sovereignty and safety of our borders. Your job isn't to create a new Islamic country here. Your job isn't to, to reassign NASA from their true job of exploring space in innovating in space and technology, aerospace technology. And now their new job is to identify ways in which Muslims have impacted history in America. You see, that's not your job. He says finally, and he said many other things in this, but I'll move on. I also know that Islam has always been a part of America's story. Really? Let's see how Obama's fundamental transformation of America has worked for race relations. You know, the DOJ report, you guys just heard. I know you all are. You keep up on the news. The DOJ, the Department of Justice, I'll say DOJ from here on out for, for just for time purposes. The DOJ report on the Ferguson Police Department has nothing to do with this case. Nothing at all. My super-duper top-notch researcher, uh, Southern Delaware born and bred, although they'll deny it, born and bred, uh, helped me with a lot of this research, and I'll just tell you right now, this report is scathing, but not against the Fer- Ferguson Police Department, not against Officer Darren Wilson. Just listen in. There is no allegation in the DOJ, the DOJ officer shooting report to cast any negative light on the police force as a whole. Nothing at all. When they researched the the, the uh, Darren Wilson shooting of Michael Brown, you remember this case in Ferguson Missouri. Uh, They, they, you know, uh, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. You got the the St. Louis Rams coming out of the tunnel at their game with their hands up protesting. You got people at at award shows, these stupid celebrities at these award shows, hands up, don't shoot. You got people wearing T-shirts, hands up, don't shoot. Well, it turns out that every report ever done showed that his hands weren't up. The report was specifically designed to destroy the credibility of the Ferguson Police Department. And you know why they did that. Because they wanted to destroy the credibility of any officer. They deliberately cast doubt on the truth of a situation that occurred with video cameras rolling. You heard what I just said. Video cameras rolling. Did you know that? The whole thing caught on video. They had the video from day one. You can argue, uh, you know, you can listen to the, the, the race baiters. Well, Michael Brown's hands may or may not have been up, but there's no question by the witnesses and forensics that he was advancing toward the officer. He wasn't just advancing toward the officer, he was attacking the officer. He was all up in his grill, banging his face such that he fractured bones. Listen, it's important. This, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. This is this is uh, The Atlantic's, this this publication, The Atlantic, ta Nahisi Coates. ta Nahisi Coates. Memorize that name. This is a tweet. This was reported in the National Review. It is important to understand the Ferguson report, not as an aberration, but how white supremacy actually works. Actual tweet right there. I'll read it again. It is important to understand the Ferguson report, not as aberration, In other words, something that just happened kind of weird now out of the way, but how white supremacy actually works. What he's saying is, is that it's a bunch of white supremacists there in St. Louis, Missouri, the Ferguson Police Department. And because it's a bunch of white supremacists, all they're looking to do is just beat down people. Just looking to beat down people. That's it. The report really reveals that the Ferguson law enforcement practices are focused on this is what they say. This is their report that the Ferguson law enforcement practices are focused on revenue generation more than public safety, nickel and diming the poor poor citizenry, poor black citizenry. Hey, man, let's, let's get money for our police department, get better uniforms, better hats, better shoes, better guns, better cars, better cameras by nickel and diming these people. Listen, these people don't pay any taxes. You look at the tax base in Ferguson – and you know that the people that are talking, saying all this, the people that the Department of Justice is talking about as being the ones that are getting nickel and dime—guess what? They don't pay. There's no money coming out of them. Let me let me just tell you, it's less about racism and more about the democratic. You you heard me? I said democratic, governing climate of how to generate income. Listen, what I think people fail to, fail to realize is, look at the governance. Of Ferguson, Missouri. Look at the governance of Missouri in general. What is it? Liberal Democrat. The top people in the police department, Liberal Democrats. The top people in the prosecutor's office, Liberal Democrats. The top people in the mayor's office, Liberal Democrats. Top people in the governor's office, including the governor, Liberal Democrats. You don't throw rocks at me. You don't throw rocks at these police officers talking about, well, there's not enough black police officers and therefore they're they're mean to black people because all the white people are mean to black people. Because you know white people are, are racist just by nature. They're just racist. And if you make them a cop. They're doubly, super doubly racist. The report really reveals that is what they're saying. Hey, this is what's going on there. They're picking on poor black people and they're nickel and diming them to death. There's really two reports. The DOJ report regarding the criminal investigation into the shooting death of Michael Brown by the Ferguson Missouri police officer who has lost everything Darren Wilson, and a separate report which is an investigation of the Ferguson Police Department. Now let me just say this. Let me just say this. They were told in the very beginning, they were told right from Jump Street, "Hey, you know what? There's nothing to see here. We have it on <gasps> vi- we have it on video. We have it on video. We have it uh we have it in all kinds of uh you know interviews that now Michael Brown attacked Darren Wilson and that's just how it is and he and he had every right to shoot him because it appeared as though Michael Brown the thug robber was going to take officer Wilson's gun and kill him with it seems to be okay for a white police officer to get killed by a black thug, who we also have on video, robbing a store that he had robbed four times. Did you know Michael Brown had a pending murder charge, secondary murder charge on him? We'll never know. Did he actually do it or not? Because he can't get his day in court. You know why? Because he went after a cop after robbing a store. You say, well, that police officer didn't know... At the time, that Darren Wilson, that racist white cap, Darren Wilson, he didn't know at the time that Michael Brown had even done that. All that poor boy was doing that six foot six, two hundred or three hundred and some pound boy was doing walking down the street. that's all he was, or six foot four. All he was doing was walking down the middle of the road. That's all he was doing. Some people like to walk down the middle of the road. That police officer was a racist by telling him to get out of the road. Well, he didn't know, and then he just shot him. You know he shot him a lot of times, did you know that? Boy that's mean. If that's not racist, I don't know. You know, cops are mandated to carry these wimpy little guns. Little little nine millimeter guns or, or underpowered forties. Forty can be a great weapon, let me just tell you. Listen, a nine mm is what killed uh Trayvon Martin. But guess what? Killed him at point blank range, the gun actually up against his chest. As George Zimmerman was fighting for his life with Trayvon Martin on top of him, banging his head into the concrete. Like it is in the movies, folks, you shoot until they stop. And this big adult, Michael Brown, this thug, this gang member, who had just robbed the store, wasn't stopping. He shot until he stopped. Why was there a a report on the police department at all? When there's cell phone video of this whole thing, somebody tell me, why was there any investigation at all when we know there's cell phone video of the whole thing? How many of you, show of hands, how many of you knew that all this was on video? How many of you knew that? Every bit of it, and you say, "Well, if that was true, we'd have been shown it by now. You know why you've not been shown it because it's been locked down, it's been sealed, and despite FOIA requests and all the other things, it's not been shown, but the people that have seen the video, including the grand jury that came back, no bid, it means they're not gonna they're not gonna uh indict. They saw the video. They saw the video, and they said there was no wrongdoing here, so why was there a report on the police department when all of this was on cell phone video there was There was never anything to indicate at all that department policy was at all violated. Why have a second Department of Justice investigation of this police force? You know the police and the medical examiner even said they were hampered in this investigation by crowds crushing in on him, crushing in on the crime scene, spoiling the crime scene, chanting, kill the police. Oh, you know, though they were just mad, you know. you They were just mad. They were mad because it was that mean white police officer, and then they let... They let Michael Brown no no respect for his body. <laughs> Jerry from Pennsylvania. Yeah, that video is locked down like Obama's birth records and Hillary's emails. Amen, brother. You tell me when, when listen, when are you going to get mad, America, mad enough to storm the gates? The Secretary of State had her own private server farm in her house the first time in history it's ever happened in government they're mandated mandated by law she's been in air quotes public service most of her life she knows everything has to go through the public servers the government servers that's jailable but nobody's calling for head on a pike nobody's calling for that because we're civilized people we allow a whole community to burn down the people that don't pay for anything To burn down. April 18th, the Center for Self-Governance is going to have a level one training here in Newark, Delaware. If you're in in Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, you need to come to that. April 18th, go to the website, go to God and Country Radio uh, on Facebook and find that. And you'll learn how to fight back against this stuff. Center for Self-Governance just did a meeting in one of the burned out businesses owned by a black family. And they... Full on with people, business owners, black business owners, saying hey, we're not a part of this. They burn our businesses down. We're trying to work and make a living. They did this to us. The police didn't do this to us. Somebody needs to tell me why they were allowed to leave. Just why? Why were? Why were? The the uh, why weren't the firemen? Why did they not respond? And put out the fires. Why was the National Guard not dispatched? They were there. They were proximal. Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. That's what I hear all the time. It's not a black or white issue. It's a it's a, 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 a an ideology, a mindset issue. It's a lie versus truth. Obviously, the reason for the two reports is so that the attention could be given to the report on the racist police department. Oh, here you go. Here oh, here it is. Right here. Here's a smoking gun. I'll tell you that right there. That's a smoking gun from Chicago. The criteria for the criminality of Officer Wilson's actions are, quote, use of force that is objectionably unreasonable. You know, when you read the the Department of Justice report on the shooting, it's clear that no foul play or department policy was even at work here. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. If anything, he waited a little too long to do it, and it could have cost him his life. It very nearly cost him his life. That's the real deal, folks. That's the truth of the matter here. No foul play, no department policy, no law was violated. This whole thing, I just want to tell you this, this whole thing took place in two minutes. And the backup arrived in two minutes. It was called a robbery in progress. Robbery in progress. And these two men with the evidence in hand were in the street. Michael Brown reached into the police car and he assaulted the officer on video. And when he got shot, he was coming at the officer again. That's when he took a lead injection, the final one in his bean, ventilating his cranium, and saved that police officer. The report on the police department includes this statement. Some studies show that African-American officers are less prejudiced than white officers as a whole and are more likely to arrest white suspects and less likely to arrest black suspects. There's no reference or footnote to analyze these reference studies. Studies show. Some studies show. Let me read it again for you. This is the report on the police department. This has, this is in This Department of Justice, the organization that you pay for, your tax dollars, paid millions of dollars for this report. You say, what do I care? It's just a report from the government, some hoity-toity government people. No, ladies and gentlemen. You paid for this report. And this is what it says. Some studies show that African-American officers are less prejudiced than white officers as a whole and are more likely to arrest white suspects and less likely to arrest black suspects. Let me just tell you something. I was a police officer, and I have dear friends, and I mean dear friends, who are white police officers and who are black police officers, who I served right next to over the years. And let me just tell you a quick something, something. Let me just give you a dose of the truth, truth if you're prepared to hear it, some studies show. First of all, what studies? Where's the footnote? And they're writing this as though this is good. Some studies show that African-American officers are less prejudiced than white officers as a whole and are more likely to arrest white suspects and less likely to arrest black suspects. You know what? That's every bit as racist. As a finding, this is not a finding, this is some, some, some fairy dust study that's not even cited, show that African-American officers are less prejudiced than white officers. That statement in and of itself makes me sick. You know what? I worked with black officers. They've always told me, don't call me African-American, I'm black. All my, all, I have so many wonderful friends, super close friends, best friends that are black, they tell me all the time, don't call me African-American. Some of them are, are Native American and black. But they said, that's more accurate than African-American. Call me black. And they'll, they've they told me right to my face, you know, I, never, I didn't grow up in that community. And I look at all this craziness that's going on in these neighborhoods where we're constantly called back, Section 8 housing, living free, food for free, housing for free, heat for free. And I'm sick of it. I don't want to go back. I just want to yell at them. They make me sick. They're embarrassing. Not everybody. I'm not saying everybody in there is that way. But I'm saying the bottom line is this uh, this report is saying African-American officers, and I'm quoting this, are less prejudiced than white officers as a whole and are more likely to arrest white suspects and less likely to arrest black suspects. That's a racist statement in and of itself. And there's no reference. There's no footnote to analyze these reference studies. They're saying this is good. No, they're not saying this is good. They're saying this is good. They're saying black officers, they're not going to be prejudiced like white officers are as a whole. Because, you know, whitey, he's prejudiced. Let me tell you something. I know lots of white officers who have risked their, I'm just going to tell you this. There's no better friend than black America has than a police officer in their community, white or black. Did you know violent crime is up 20% since Mayor de Blasio has become mayor of New York City? Al Sharpton, he's not your friend. Black community, he's not your friend. He's not helping you. You tell me how Al, how Al Capone, famous gangster of your he owes in taxes. He ends up in jail. Al Sharpton, I don't call him Reverend. He's no Reverend. Al Sharpton owes $4.5 million to you, America. Not to some innocuous, ambiguous group. You. He owes it to you. He's given you the middle finger, the double middle finger, and said, I'm not paying. And you know where he gets, gets to go all the time? The White House. Try 80 sometimes. Why isn't he ever arrested when he goes there? $4.5 million. You say, well, maybe he's making payments. No, he's not making a bit of payments. $1.4 million of that are penalties alone because he hasn't made a single payment. He's not disputing it. He's not fighting it. It's just, I'm not paying it. Why don't reporters ask him, When he's at these press conferences, hey, why don't you pay your taxes? Maybe if you pay your $4.5 million in taxes, we can afford those cameras on police officers like you want. I know lots of white police officers, most of the ones, almost every one, would risk their life just as fast for a black person as they would for a white person. They'll arrest a white person every bit as fast. It's about the law. And there's no reference. They say these things in a report you paid for, America. You paid for it. This is from the DOJ report on the shooting uh, with Darren Wilson. officer. Bear in mind, he's lost everything. It's all gone. He's lost his job. You say, well, he quit. Do you think he actually quit of his own volition? Look at what he went through. Decorated officer, never a single negative mark on his history, and he was hung out to dry. You tell me, America, why we didn't form a band of, of human beings, white, black, otherwise, around that officer, a hundred deep, and say, you're not messing with this guy. He's a good guy. We're not allowing you to harm him. You know what? If we'd have done that, that boy would have still had his job. He'd have still had his home. He'd have still had a future. The Department conducted an extensive investigation into the shooting of Michael Brown. Federal authorities reviewed physical, ballistic, forensic, and crime scene evidence, medical reports, and autopsy reports, including an independent autopsy performed by the United States Department of Defense Armed Forces Medical Examiner Service, which is AFME's. There is no better autopsy group than them. Several autopsy reports on Michael Brown. Several. Several including one by the very famous uh, Dr. Baden, who who has been so soundly uh, ridiculed and, and uh, refu- just completely refuted. Why'd he do it, you say? Well, why'd he do it? Why'd the guy do it? And he didn't come out and say, yeah, his hands were up. I found his hands were up. No, he didn't say that. Why'd he do it? Can you say money? Can you say dollar signs? Wilson's personnel records, audio and video recordings, internet postings, FBI agents, St. Louis county police departments, uh, detectives, very very uh, highly regarded detective department, federal prosecutors, prosecutors from the St. Louis county prosecutor's office. they all worked cooperatively to both independently and jointly interview more than a hundred purported eyewitnesses and other individuals coming. They came forward and claimed they had relevant information. The St. Louis County Police Department detectives conducted an initial canvass of the area on the day of the shooting. Remember that, the day of the shooting. FBI agents then independently canvassed more than 300 residences to locate and interview additional witnesses. Federal and local authorities collected cellular phone data, searched social media sites, tracked down Dozens, dozens of leads from community members and dedicated law enforcement email addresses, tip lines in an effort to investigate every possible source of information. Can you tell me if this sounds like overkill to you? Tell me if this following statement sounds like overkill to you. Officer Darren Wilson, decorated officer, shot Michael Brown, huge rap sheet, one of which was a pending murder charge. He had just committed on video a strong-arm robbery at a store he'd robbed four times before. That occurred at 12.02, and by 12.14 p.m., some members of the crowd became increasingly hostile in response to chants of, We need to kill those MFers, referring to the police officers on the scene. Overkill much? You say, Dr. Sean, Ninja Pastor, here's the thing, brother. Brother. Those people were mad. You see, their community is poor. They don't have. They don't have. They're underserved. They know God. Let me tell you what that community has. Let me tell you what a lot of the the protesters that were arrested, what we learned about the protesters that were arrested. We learned that 88% of them were on public assistance. We learned that 88% of them didn't pay for their homes. They didn't pay for their food. Many of them didn't pay for their clothing. They didn't pay for their education, that they refused. You say, how can people be out there uh, uh, rioting? all these hours. Boy, they must be mad. No, they don't have a job to go to. Their only obligation to continue the money train is to go to the mailbox. You know what? Nowadays, they don't even have to go to the mailbox. All they have to do is you know, open their bank account, go on their free internet, on their free Obama phone, and look and see, oh, was my money deposit? Was my money deposit? You see, they don't think of the money they get in their check. They don't think about thanking you, hard-working taxpayer. They call it their money. It's their money. It's their money, man. They don't have to worry. They can. You say, why would they burn down the buildings in their neighborhood? Isn't that stores that they need to go to? Isn't that, aren't those stores that they need to? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Why would they burn their own stores down? They didn't just burn them down, folks. They didn't set them on fire until they took everything out of them. They robbed them. They burglarized them. And they stole all while cashing checks that you wrote. Look at your pay stub, folks. If you're working, if you're not retired, look at your pay stack, paycheck. Look at your pay stub. Look at all those numbers that come out of your money. You never get to spend. You never get to spend it on things that you want to spend it on. You never get to invest it. You work for that money, yet these people, who this money is going to, you say, Dr. Sean, you're, you're making it sound like these are the only people... That get that money. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. There's plenty of good people. Plenty of good people on Social Security Disability. There's plenty of good people on aid. I'm all for helping people. 88% of the people arrested were on public assistance, robbing stores. Guess what they were wearing? Guess what they had in their pocket? They had 100 dollars sneakers on. I don't wear 100 dollar sneakers. They had on jewelry that I could never afford. They were carrying iPhones. You know, I have to pay for my iPhone. They had diamond earrings, many of them. Some of them had multiple diamond earrings. I'd never afford one of them, let alone two. Stealing from their own neighborhood. You say, well, there's a lot of anger, Dr. Sean. There's a lot of anger. A lot of hurt in that community. They were frustrated. No, they're not. They were criminals. They were criminals. And they saw an opportunity to victimize more people. Let me tell you what really happened in Katrina. You say, well, that's, you know, that's not right, man. In Katrina, the most dangerous thing were the gangs robbing and killing other people, other innocent people in the worst possible time of their lives. You know that the government, Mayor Nagin sent National Guard and other people, and the governor sent National Guard and other other uniformed people to take people's guns. They said, we need to get the guns out of the people's hands. So they went house to house and they took people's guns. There was an elderly lady, She was in there. She'd had a gun for many, many years. She decided to stay in her home. She said, listen, I'm going to be okay. I'm fine. And you're not taking my gun. They arrested her. They took her gun. She goes back to her house. She is defenseless. And just a short while later, she is murdered. You need to understand, folks. Ferguson isn't a bunch of miles away, so it doesn't matter to you. I'm going to say, you know, even I was, even though I was a police officer. You know, I know cops don't always do everything. They don't do everything exactly right. They try really, really hard. The bad guys don't ever have to think about what's behind them when they fire their illegal guns. They're illegally obtained and they're illegally used guns. These gun buybacks are stupid, folks. They're for idiots. It's a fool's errand. A bunch of old people with white guilt and a bunch of old people and and, uh, ultra-liberal people that... Their great-granddaddy had a gun, and they inherited it, and they didn't know what to do with it. They're scared to death of it. They don't know a thing about it. They wrap it in a piece of cloth, and they bring it, and they say, I don't want the $200. I just want to get another gun off the street. Unless your closet up in your closet or your attic is is now considered on the street, I don't want it to fall in the wrong hands. Really? Because you know how it's going to fall in the wrong hands? If somebody climbs in your house and climbs up into your attic and opens up every box and finds that wrapped in a an oily rag. Last time I checked, you know what? That's not on the street. Listen, folks, you better become real believers. My son Doyle, my sweet son Doyle, the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Let me tell you something. Dole gave me that. It's hanging right to the right behind and to the right of me, and it reminds me all the time. Listen, if 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 the if the Second Amendment was in full force, properly practiced, first of all, I'll tell you right now, Michael Brown would have never gone in that store. Why? Because he'd have known that guy probably has a gun. And he's going to put that gun in my face, he's going to pull the trigger, and he's going to end my miserable waste of oxygen life. You say cigars are not worth stealing. There's no life worth. So what do we do? We just give them, give them our products and services? We say, hey, you know, that's only $80 worth of cigars. That's not worth you dying for. So I'm going to take the step of not killing you. You come on and you come you come steal a $5 thing from me. You see how quick I ventilate your brain. It ain't yours, it's mine. I worked for it. You didn't work for it. It doesn't belong to you, belongs to me. If the Second Amendment was properly administrated, there'd be so many people, good, law-abiding people in the town of Ferguson and all surrounding communities that would have come into town and they would have rallied around their police department. They would have rallied around Officer Wilson. And they said, you get out of here, you bunch of race baiters. You get out of here, you bunch of criminals. Throw another rock. Throw another rock and see how quick you drop. Throw another firebomb. See how quick we ventilate you. Give you a case of lead poisoning. At a high rate of speed. That's not hyperbole, folks. That's what needs to happen. You know why? Because the police can't stop that. Listen, there were the police were there and the National Guard was there and they couldn't and did not stop it. Political correctness. Political correctness, friends. Well, you know what? They're mad. Jerry uh, reminds me of something, my, my great buddy Jerry reminds me of something that I think I said earlier, but I'll say it again because it bears repeating. This place was run by liberals. Governance at every level was dominated by liberals. Chicago, deadliest place in the country. Murder capital, run by liberals. Wilmington, Delaware. One of the top deadliest places, small cities, one of the top deadliest cities in the country by murder rate per 1000. Run by liberals. They say we got to get these guns off the street. We got to get these guns off the street. This ammo ban, let me say just a second. Let me just take a second here cuz I'm just mad enough This ammo ban the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is doing, this is executive order, they're just arbitrarily doing it. We're banning this this ammo for the AR-15. They're saying because it's armor piercing, the green tip. Let me tell you something. Their own documents say that it was specifically excluded because it doesn't pierce ammo or pierce armor. they couldn't they weren't successful the, the 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 tyrannical government that we now live under couldn't successfully ban the most popular gun in history the AR15 so what are they doing they're banning the ammo we all sat around and we watched as people cloaked as angry, were angry over Michael Brown's murder. He was shot and killed by a police officer in the performance of his duty because he was violating a crime. He was committing a violent crime. And he was shot and killed just as he should have been. We sat around and we watched our television. We said, boy, am I glad I don't live there. We didn't do anything because we're afraid. We're, We're holed up in our house. I'm telling you, get the second call program. Get the second call program. When you call them, it's 877-502-3300 or org. Put this number in. You're going to get a free month for it, 20630, the Ninja Pastor, 20630. There's never been a more important time than to exercise your Second Amendment rights. They're not afraid of us. We're not supporting our police. A a Philadelphia police officer was killed in a hail of gunfire in the midst of an armed robbery this week. Two brothers shot and killed police officer doing his job in a black community. A black police officer shot by two black people, brothers, biological brothers, dead. Obama, did you call this black police officer's family? Did you launch any sort of investigation? I don't think so. America smarten up and toughen up. Keep your wires tight. It's going to get a lot worse.
0: Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean.
1: And please... You know what? Let me just say this. One more thing I want to say. One more thing I want to say. Folks, you need to understand this isn't about hatred. This isn't about our racism for another race. This this is about saving your country. It's our last hope. You're it. Are you going to do it? Or are you going to cave? Are we going to give up the republic that we were entrusted with? Or are we going to cave? America, it really is all up to you. It really is. Don't cave.